1: Thank you once again for tuning into the podcast. This is our Thursday edition of the podcast, just a few days before Christmas, before Christmas Eve, and how we do thank the Lord for his goodness to us. And I've begun doing taxes for the year, and it's amazing how you begin to do taxes. And, and that I know full time in the ministry, you can marvel at the goodness of God. And you wonder sometimes how you make ends meet, but God has provided, God has been our provision, God has been our stay, and how we bless His name and how we praise Him, how we thank Him. And the Lord's been good. The Lord has always been good, and He doeth good. And so as we go into this Christmas season, I do pray that you would tell folks about Jesus Christ. By New Year's, they'll be bitter again and hateful again and full of malice again, angry with the government, angry with the opposing uh, party, uh, political party, if you will, angry with religion. And so take advantage of this season and uh, give out the good news of Jesus Christ in this season, this hour, and this day. We're looking forward to the house of God on Sunday, what the Lord is going to do. I had a good night last night, caroling uh, there up in Louisville, Pennsylvania. And so a lady in our church invited the church to come in and sing in the community center there where she lives, and how we thank God for that opportunity to give out the good news of Jesus Christ. So we're going to go back to Psalm 119 today. I do need to be brief. we got a short window of which to record today, but I wanted to get something out there. I'm not trying to be neglectful. Uh, Doing a daily podcast is probably not as easy as I thought it would be. And I wasn't expecting it to be easy, but it's just hard sometimes to make time to find time to study out. I don't want to just get on here and babble on with something I haven't looked at, at least. And by looked at, I mean a little bit more in depth than just scanning it. And at the same time, every single day, uh, weekday, we're putting out a podcast Monday through Friday. And that's why I thank the Lord for so many this year that have filled in and have preached and have been a blessing to us on the podcast. I'm going to start in verse 9, and just to give you a little overview... It's pretty simple. There's nothing complex about this. But people ask why uh, Psalm 119 is divided the way it is. And the reality is that there's 24 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. And so there's 24 divisions, if you will, in here. Each one is a letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And that comes kind of common knowledge uh, as far as Protestantism. It's nothing profound or anything like that. And we've looked at Aleph. We'll look at Beth today. Some of these letters are silent, some of them are used uh, in other ways in the Hebrew language, and there's eight verses in each of these divisions. Each of these letters has eight verses, two stanzas in each uh, verse as well. And so it's a very unique psalm. It's a very unique the way it's written, yet it's of God and God has had it this way for us. It makes it very easy to memorize. And the young ladies down in North Carolina that we know that are memorizing it, it's the rhythm of those two stanzas that really helps memorize. It's just a beautiful psalm. What a wonderful psalm. So many verses in my childhood we memorized from Psalm 119, never had to memorize the whole thing. Speaking of memorization, I would like to mention on the podcast that our First John Project is back online. We have updated it for 2023. It begins on January 1st and it goes to the end of the year. And what it is, is it's flashcards, it's a schedule, it's some tips and tricks to help you. And uh, what we do is we ask folks, if they're willing to do this, that they have accountability with someone where they memorize the verses, quote them correctly, and then they can tally off two verses every week. And the amazing thing about First John is you can do that, two verses every week, and then there are two weeks that you'll have three verses. And I believe most of us, if we put an effort into it, can memorize two verses in a week. And we're pretty busy today. I know we're too busy today, but it's back on our website. That's andsomeevangelists.com Evangelists.com under the first John project. And I know several have reached out to us and they're going to attempt that this year. My wife and I are going to try again this year. We got kind of hung up towards the end of the second chapter last time we did it, but would like to move beyond that. And so I just want to make that known on the podcast as well. And so Beth, the verse nine begins, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. So verse one talked about the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. This chapter deals with the ways of God. There is a way of God, but there's also a way that seemeth right unto a man. And we know that the ways thereof, the the ends thereof are the ways of death. And so this way of a young man is to be cleansed. To do that, it's going to be according to the word of God. By taking heed, therefore, according to thy word. And so we look at a young man, especially as he's coming up, and the challenge there to the young man is because before he defiles himself in sin, before he goes out and plays uh, the whoremonger or plays the drunkard or goes out and fills his belly with the husks that the swine would eat, that God would get a hold of his way, and that he would establish his way in the law of God. The problem with folks when they get older is they get so set in their way that it's very rare, and we have seen some, to God be the glory, we've seen some, but we've seen some have later in life have gotten saved, but they're so set in their way, because they think their way is the right way, their way is a better way, but they're not concerned about God's way. So the best scenario for any one of us is that we come to God while we're young, and we take heed thereto, according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. That's where a young man is to cleanse his ways, to seek God with his whole heart. And that's a hard thing. And I, it's a hard thing now that I'm saved to seek God with my whole heart. I let the affairs of this world is entangle me. And he said, no man that worth entangled himself with the affairs of this life. And yet life entangles us, life overthrows us. We're too busy today, busy with things that don't need to be. And not focused on the things we need to focus on. And so the whole heart is how we seek the Lord. I'm not trying to be overly transparent, but it's just the reality. It's a difficult thing to seek the Lord with the whole heart. Yet the psalmist here said he did it, so why can't we do it? What is it that's between us and the Savior? Why can't we seek God with our whole heart? And he says, I have sought thee, O let me not wander from thy commandments. So again, we've talked about, of course, the precepts, the statutes, the commandments, the law, the judgments of God, all of those things. And he said, let me not wander from thy commandments, from thy divine authority, from the things you stated that I know are deity. I know that God said these, let me not wander from those things. And I realize when the Apostle Paul writes Romans 6, 7, and 8, and we see the transition from sin in chapter 6 and sin in chapter 7 to the carnal man in chapter 7, and then eventually transitions into the spirit-filled man in chapter 8, and we see that transition. But I believe there's just too many people still in Romans 6, they claim they're Romans 7 livers, but they're living in Romans chapter 6. They're living that life of sin. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound, God forbid? And there's just too many people. I remember as a fairly young convert still, man, of God came into my life and he stood in the pulpit with the power of the Holy Ghost and he preached on that exact verse. And I was trembling. I sat there, oh, my goodness, I'm continuing in sin. Nobody has exhorted me to get out of the sinning business. And and yet the word of God had told me that. And there were things that I would just cling to and little secrets and little buried things. And oh, how it crushed me because the man of God said to to turn from sin, to purge yourself of these things and all thank God for his mercy. It wasn't too much longer than that that God put me in the ministry, and uh, it took a man of God to come in and preach on those things. What shall we say? That shall we continue in sin? that grace may abound. What does that mean? Well, I'm going to keep on sinning and then just blame grace. Oh, I'm saved. Once saved, always saved. I can do what I want. I can live how I want to live. I'm saved. I'm secure in Christ. God's God's concerned about the details of your life, if you've truly been born of God. God's concerned that you get out of the business of sin, out of a life of sin, that you don't bring a reproach to him with your sinful life. And so let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. And that's why we hide the word of God. It's why we've challenged uh, young men, young ladies, and even older folks to memorize 1 John this year. Put that word of God in your hearts. It's amazing the things you'll go to do. And that word of God is fresh in your heart and fresh in your thinking. And you're like, oh, my goodness, I can't do this. Oh, I can't be involved in this. I can't be around this. Why? Because the word of God has hidden our hearts. And what a blessing that is. Glory be to God that his word would stop us, that his word would arrest us. The love of Christ constraineth me. And all oh, that would just take a hold and, and pull me back and help me to see how much I love Christ because he first loved me and not want to sin against him and hide that word of my heart that I don't sin against him. He says, blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. And uh, we want to be one taught of God. Oh, that the Lord would teach us, that the Lord would be our instructor, that we could learn his ways, not fight against them, not balk against them. One of the marks of this Laodicean age in which we are is that uh, men love themselves. They have real, no really no concept of what they have need of, and we're not shocked by that because Revelation told us they wouldn't know what they have need of. They think they're fine. They think because they have wealth. They think because they prosper. They think because they have clothing and food that God's blessed them, and yet the reality is that Uh, our neighbors who are wicked and our friends that are wicked and the co-workers that are wicked, they've been blessed also. They've come with the same blessings. So how can we blame God for that? And yet we take that as a mark of being spiritual because we prosper financially, because we prosper physically, because we prosper in the things of this world. That's an error. That's a folly. And you ought not follow after that folly. You ought to separate yourself from that folly. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners. Purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Oh, that God would cleanse us, that God would purify us from within and change us from within and teach us his statutes. Men balk against the law of God. They balk against the statutes of God. Why is that? Well, it's one of two things. They're either carnal or they're lost. And when you preach the law, oh, I watch people squirm and watch people angry and watch people get defensive. And they usually blame somebody else. Well, so-and-so, they do this, and so-and-so, they have this. Grandma, my aunt, my cousin, they're saved. They love the Lord, but the reality is their own wretched heart usually is not turned to Jesus Christ. That's why they balk against the law of God. That's why they think it's okay to continue in sin and continue to disobey God. They call you a legalist. It's because they truly have never been born of God. He said in verse 13, With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. Verse 14, I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as As in all riches is one of those key verses. We rejoice in the testimonies of God as he speaks concerning his son, as he speaks concerning life. Even as we've begun this podcast on Psalm 119, we've had several folks, some even today, have reached out to us and talked about other places. They've seen commandments and they've seen statutes and they've seen the law of God. They've seen the precepts of God. They've seen the judgments of God. It's just a beginning of understanding. It's a beginning to realize that these things are all throughout the scripture. And so we rejoice in his testimonies. We rejoice that God would testify of those things. When we started preaching the I am of scripture in this last year, in different times, people would reach out or send a text and they'd say, oh, Brother McVeigh, I see, I see this here. And they'd put in a place where it talked about I am. And every once in a while, somebody would even say, is, is that Jesus Christ there? And a lot of times I'd send back, well, what do you think? And they'd say, yeah, I think it is. And I remember one man later on, he just said, oh, absolutely, that's Jesus Christ. And he gave me about three or four other verses around it, why it was Jesus Christ. And why? Because the testimonies of God, the testimonies of Jesus Christ. And he's given us those testimonies. And he said that he rejoiced in these as much as in all riches. Why? Because this is the true riches. This is the unsearchable riches of Christ. This is what's going to make a difference in your life. This is what's going to matter in your life. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I'm not going to balk against God and fight against God. And later on in this chapter, we'll see great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. And yet folks are easily offended. Oh, they wear their feelings on the sleeve. They're so shallow, so so hurt easily. Oh, my. And somebody stepped on my toes. And I remember years ago, sitting in a cracker barrel, and an older lady who's with the Lord. Now I pray. I hope she's with the Lord. And she's passed away. And we're sitting there. And she goes, Preacher, you really stepped on my toes this morning. And I said, well, lady, I wasn't aiming for your toes. I was aiming for your heart. And that's a true story. I picked that up somewhere years ago. So I heard another preacher say that. And she got all offended that I said that. I'm not concerned about trampling people's toes. I'm not concerned about hurting people. I'm not concerned about people's little petty feelings, to be honest with you. i got to preach the truth and preach the word of God. And if there's people that don't listen to the podcast because they find me offensive, well, they ought to read the Bible because they're probably going to find it pretty offensive too, if it, especially when it details their sin and their lust and their godlessness. And so what do men do? They explain away the precepts. They don't have respect under God's ways. They use man as a target. Oh, they always blame the preacher. They blame the man. They blame somebody else. They would never blame God, but the reality is they do not love the law of God. They've never meditated in his precepts. They've never sat and just thought all day about his his precepts and about his word and took a little bit here and a little bit there and put the pieces together and God showed them something from the scriptures. Yet that is the joy of the Lord. That is a great rejoicing. That is better than any riches this world has to offer, because that is the unsearchable, oh, glory to God, unsearchable riches of Jesus Christ. You cannot exhaust it. You can't get to the end of it. And just when you think you did, you'll find something else. And that is great joy. That ought to bring rejoicing to our hearts. In verse 16, he said, I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. What a promise that is. He's testifying before the Lord. I will not forget thy word. What a great testimony. I wish I could say that. I wish I could lift up holy hands without wrath or doubt and say, Lord, I will not forget thy word. You see, it's not talking about his words. I can't memorize every word of the scriptures. I believe it'd be an impossibility for me to do that. But his word and Jesus Christ is that word. And all that I lift up holy hands without wrath or doubt and say, Lord, I'll not forget thy word. I'll never be carnal again. I will never follow after my ways again. I'll always follow your ways and always walk in your precepts and your statutes. Now, people say, I don't think you'd accomplish that. I don't believe the word of God would have told us that if we couldn't accomplish it. I believe the psalmist here had accomplished that. Otherwise, he wouldn't have wrote about that. And can I say to you, my friend, that ought to be our goal. That ought to be our objective. Many years ago, I'd made the statement preaching. I won't say where I was, but I was up north a ways, and and I made this, and I said, "I'm a sinless perfectionist." And boy, I have to tell you, so folks got all bent out of shape about that. And I even explained it. I said, "I've not obtained it yet, but I sure am trying to." And I thought they'd get it. Some folks got it. Some folks didn't, and they kind of got upset about that and got all hung up on that. But you know, the reality is is I've not obtained sinless perfection, but I'm trying to. I want to. That's what the psalmist is writing about here. If you meditate in the laws of God, the word of God, rejoice in his testimonies and and forget not his precepts and think about the words of God and remember his judgments and hide his word in your heart. I'll tell you one thing, you'll be a whole lot closer to getting out of the sinning business than what you were before. But friend, uh, this psalm is not written Uh, Just in vagary. No, it's an admonition to those of us that are saved to do these things, to have that walk with God. I pray, if that's not your walk with God, I do pray that's your desire to have that walk with God, that you will put these things in your heart, that you will not forget these matters, that you will seal them in your hearts for the glory of God. Have a great day. Lord willing, we'll be on here preaching tomorrow.
0: There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning I